I remember when the clothes we wore had to be patched because there was no money for new clothes. The students would say facts. We had to take care of what we had. We had to, had to clean what we had and, and live in the newness of our thoughts because physically we couldn't afford new things. So if I ripped my clothes in the summer, I'd had to wear patched clothes to school in the fall. During my reflection, I realized the same clothes that were ripped but now patched still showed the evidence of being ripped. That's another sermon. Thus, the patch didn't negate the fact of a broken heart from being broke. But it did provide me a perspective of how to look at new things. See, the struggle began to shape my mindset, to shape a mindset within me. So as I grew up, my mindset moved in the direction of desiring more because my poverty had taught me how to look at new things. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, my poverty had taught me how to budget for new things. See, the reflection of my poverty in my life painted a picture of that same empty soul of a young man without purpose desiring to transition spiritually. And like my poverty, my life transitioning spiritually started out symbolic of a wasteland. Filled with objects that had no fulfillment for my spiritual life. Come on, reflect with me. And like poverty, the emptiness began to shape my mindset, causing me to intentionally search for purpose. It began to drive me to dig for fulfillment. Like poverty, the emptiness taught me how to budget for a new me and for new things. So I want you to get excited because today I'm putting whomever, but especially the enemy on notice. While speaking to you on the subject, I want some new stuff. You got to say that in your spirit. I want some new stuff. I don't want the same struggle. I don't even want the same wins. The level, matter of fact, the level that I'm on right now is not my last because God has called me to something new. <laughs> I don't even want the same problems. I don't even want the same clothes, but I want some new clothes. <laughs> I don't want to sit around even having the same irritated conversations, the dragged out conversations, the same old, same old, but I even want a new conversation. Is there anybody excited for what I'm talking about? I don't even want to be irritated by the same things. I don't want to be even bothered by the same things in my life because I want some new stuff. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I want some new stuff. Come on, y'all ready for this? I believe the Lord wants to speak today. Thank you, musicians. I want to go straight to this Isaiah 43. Look at somebody and say, hurry up and get there. <laughs> Come on, hurry up and get there. Students, grab your phones, your Bibles. And I want to get to this, but anybody in the building wants some new stuff? Yeah. I figured the English teachers were going to get on me, but I was like, I got to really say it like the young boy that I was. Like, I want some new stuff. 
Are you there? Get it? Isaiah 43. I love this verse in the New Living Translation because it starts out, it says, but forget all that. (laughs) Come on. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The, the wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I want to get right to it because the prophet Isaiah is urging the Israelites, the people, which are the Israelites, to forget the former old things and embrace what God was about to renew in their lives for something greater. Somebody say something greater. But in order for them to see the new things, they would have to turn away from the old things. They had their eyes at the time fixed on what God had formerly done for them when he brought them out of Egypt. See, what Isaiah is basically trying to say to them is is that what God did for you last time may be an encouragement for the faith that you have right now, but he's trying to let them know that the miracle, the next miracle, the new thing is going to look different. He's striving to paint the picture that the exodus, which was the mass exit, the mass departure of the Israelites from from out of Egypt when God parted the waters of the Red Sea. He's saying that it's going to be nothing compared to what he's about to do. Now, if you want to get this, you have to go back to verse 16. So I'm going to back up two verses, and, and it says, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. It goes on to 17, and it says, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. You have to understand that he parted the Red Sea, and he gave them freedom. But in 18, it goes, back, it goes to it and says, but forget all that. Anybody get that? Because there's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I don't know about you, but I want some new stuff. There's, there's been some things in your life that we, you know that it had, to be for, it had to be God. That when it happened, you knew, it, a matter of fact, it couldn't have been without him. Or we would have perished. You know, the the previous breakthroughs that he provided were great, but he's now saying you haven't seen anything yet because there's something new I want to do and that I am about to do. I want to give you this because often our experiences and memories can dictate our movement into a fresh encounter with God. I believe this speaks to two types of people. Here are the two types, those who have experienced freedom and those who are maybe experiencing enslavement with a desire to have freedom. See, as a people, we have a habit of getting stuck on what God did last time, how he blessed us the last time, or stuck looking through the windows of of pain or hurt or betrayal that we've experienced over, over the years. Can anybody relate to it? But God wants to change all that. He wants to do something new. See, when God gives you a new thing, somebody say a new thing. The new thing comes into our life, all the old things. When it does, when all that new comes in, the old will disappear. 
meaning that all the old things in your life are now or should lose flavor. They should lose the prominent presence in your life. They, they should lose their glow over your life and will be gone. See, when a new work of God begins in you, all the old glories are no longer. You can't live in the past glories anyway. <laughs> it won't get you far. But I want some new stuff. So if you want some new stuff, you must embrace first a new beginning. See, what a new beginning means is that it provides us with an opportunity to start fresh with a clean slate. It offers a chance to advance to another level, into a new season, into new things that you never experienced, things that you've never seen before. That's what a new thing is. Something new which you've never heard or planned. That's for my people that know everything. <laughs> It may be, be, be for the people that either or already feel like they have it all figured out. But something brand new is unprecedented. It's unparalleled, and simply, it would be the first of its kind in you. See, God grants us the opportunity to start again, and the Word states it as to be born again. So this, one of the scriptures you heard today was 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I just want to teach today. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. I want to explain this because what it's saying is that anyone in Christ that has joined in by faith, that has joined and accepted Christ as their Savior, they are new creatures, which means they are now reborn, they are renewed by the Holy Spirit. And the old things, meaning the previous moral things, those previous spirit, even the previous spiritual conditions. We're talking to two types of people. Even the spiritual conditions, the old things, they, they are made new. They have passed away. And he's saying, behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. I want to tell you that a new beginning is a period of transformation and transition. What is taking place is that you are actually being changed from one state or condition to another. See, when, when, you, when you were born again, let's talk to the believers in the house. When, when you are born again with a new beginning in Christ, it means that your heart has now become submitted. Submitted to what? Submitted to God so the Holy Spirit can take control. Who's in control? <laughs> Come on, the Holy Spirit. It, and it tells you basically that you should no longer operate as though you are alone or in charge of your own life. Anybody want to give it all up? <laughs> I respectfully, this is the part that I want to clear up. Because I don't want any part of the generations in this room to get stuck right here. You walk down the aisle. You accept Christ. Christ is in your heart. You get baptized. That is only the beginning of a transition, not transformation. I, I like to go farther and say, you may have accepted Christ years ago. You may have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but are you operating in it? 
See, it's one thing to receive it. There's another thing to operate in it. When you get to the point of operating in it, that's when you know that transformation is taking place. Get it? Let me give you some word with it because in 1 Peter it says this. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from your heart for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God, for all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures. Somebody say forever. You have to have a new beginning. Here's the teaching on it. A new beginning is not just about a period of transition, but about transformation. And you have to look at this as a new transformation, a new thing in your life. So if you think back to the scripture of 2 Corinthians 5.17, I want to unpack this because Paul is basically saying if anyone is in Christ, something should be happening differently. When anyone gets connected to the saving and the cleansing power of Jesus Christ, something has to break. If you want something to break in your life, something has to break first in you. I'm going to say it again. If you want something to break in your life, because we sing the song, something has to break. And we're thinking about that breakthrough. We're thinking about that next thing. But for something to actually break in your life, something first has to break in you. I don't want you to miss that. I want you to grab a hold of that because, because think about it. This should give you insight that you cannot have a true encounter or a true salvation experience and still remain the same. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. There's no way to have a true encounter and true salvation experience and still remain the same. See, first you are saved by the power of Jesus and then the process of transformation begins. I don't know about you, but I want some new stuff. I want a new beginning, born of the Holy Spirit, that will give me an experience causing my life to be affected. But get this, not my church life, but my whole life. I'm talking about something that's going to give me an experience where my entire life is affected. A new beginning where my decisions are different, where I can begin seeing challenges in a whole new way. Where the events of my life paint a picture of victory. And when that happens, get this, it takes on a whole new meaning. Why? Because my purpose becomes clearer. My faith then, my faith walk then not only gives others confidence, but it also shows some evidence that he is a way maker. I want some new stuff. I want a new beginning, but I also, I want a new mind. Anybody want a new mind? This one right here is important. See, in Romans, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be, somebody say, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, a new mind. See, a new mindset, the mindset of this world can be of failure. It can be of depression. It can be of unworthy. It could be of defeat. See, being trapped inside your own thoughts 
in the world can make a loser out of you. When you when you were actually born for victory. I don't know anyone who wakes up in the morning and said, I just want to lose. I believe everyone wants to win, but sometimes we don't want to do what it takes to actually win. But the world is not going to make a loser out of me because I was born a winner. (laughs) Maybe into a sinful world, but I was born to win. I was born to have victory, so why should I not walk in it? I want to tell you, think about this. Separate this. Our brain is a physical organ. But our mind is the manifestation of our thoughts, our emotions, our memories, and our imagination. Our mind tries to control everything that it connects to. It wants to control everything that it comes in contact with. This is why sometimes the things we strongly perceive in our mind begin to chip away at what we really believe. I believe it, but help me with my unbelief. It begins to chip away, which causes a disagreement with what's in my heart versus what's going on in my head. There's a disagreement that begins to take place because the things that are lingering in my head are distorting what's actually planted in my heart. But you have to encourage yourself and say, I'm, I'm not built for stuck. I'm not built for it. Think about this. The voices in your mind will cause you not to buy in to the breakthroughs, not to buy in to the promises you've already seen and heard. Have you ever been there that God promised you something and immediately you talk yourself out of it? He's telling you that you were built for this, that you were called for this, that you were made for something new. And by the time you finish talking, you forgot about what God said. You've talked yourself out of your own victory when he's called you to it. It's easy to get stuck in life when your thoughts lean towards this is as good as it's going to get. Or it leans towards I don't see any way past this. See, we can get stuck in a place in our mind where we are operating at a lower level of thinking. A lower level of thinking of how God thinks about us. And that contributes to how we prospectively exist. Prospectively means it's a consideration. (laughs) That means you're having this, this false consideration of your own future. Not realistically or spiritually, but because of how I'm thinking. Because of the lower level is contributing to my thought process to have a false consideration of my future versus what God says. Get it? Come on. And because of how we begin to see ourselves, it makes it easy for us to take on the mindset of the world. You have to encourage yourself and say it. I'll say it again. I'm not built for being stuck. I want something new. I'm not trying to sit there and deal like I started with the same old conversations, (laughs) the same old conflict in my heart between my heart and my head. I'm, I'm not trying to have, like I said, the same problems, but I want some new stuff. Those new, that new stuff that I want is first a new beginning and then a new mind. Somebody say a new mind. 
So this is even more the reason to embrace what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. But listen to this. He says, will you not perceive it? Will you not know it? It springs up right before your eyes. When something springs up, that means you didn't even see it coming. It was unseen in, until it was unveiled. That it, it's springing up right before your eyes. And, and it also says right there, it says it's right before you. He comes back again and says, can you not see it? I want to encourage you to set your eyes on the things of heaven and not on the thoughts that are wandering around in the wasteland of your old mind. I want you to get this. Because the wasteland in your mind, the desert, is a lonely place. It's where fatigue sits in. It's where disorientation actually happens. It's a place without fresh water. It's a place where things go to die, where things actually waste. But thanks be to God who promised that he would even make a way in the wilderness. And that he would make a path in rivers in the desert. I want you to think about this. I was reading something. It says that even the greatest navigators get lost in the desert. And it's because of the changing of the terrain. That means they could have traveled that desert thousands of times and still get lost. What am I saying? If you get stuck in the wasteland, in the desert of your mind, if you get stuck there, you're going to lose your way. And since it's hot in the desert, <laughs> there's going to be some fatigue. There's going to be some disorientation. So how in the world can you go in the direction that God has called you to if he called you to something new if you're lost? But thanks be to God who promised that he would make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You know what that does? I'm about to close. But that gives new openings in your life. When you're not stuck, when you're not in the desert, it gives new openings to your life. It gives new possibilities. It, it, it would send his word. God sends his word down like a rain to pour out in your situation, over your life. And guess what happens when God reigns over your life? It produces new things you couldn't imagine on your own. It produces new things that you couldn't even have imagined. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Teens, this weekend, I popped some tags yesterday. I got some new drip. And a matter of fact, I feel like I'm dripping soaking wet. But although this is a new suit, it's old because it had a shelf life. See, it may came off the shelf new, but it's actually old because it had a shelf life. Can I tell you something that's different from this? My God's words are fresh every morning. He don't give me old compassions, but he actually gives me new compassions. Come on, worship. He gives me new compassions. Not only that, he gives me new mercies. He don't just give me new mercies, but he gives me new grace. He gives me a new life. A matter of fact, if you heard about it, he makes all things new. Now, I'm praying for some people to scream at the top of their lungs, I want 
some new stuff. I don't know about you, but if you could just stand to your feet right now. I want you to think about a God that actually makes all things new. Who believes that? I'm talking about a God that makes all things new. Now, I can't speak Portuguese. I can't speak a lot of different languages. I could struggle with English, but I think all means Listen to the teaching. I have five more new things, but these most important new things right here, I want you to think about this. I'm going to read this scripture, and I want you to take it into your spirit. If we believe in a God that makes all things new, I'm going to give you a scripture for your mind, and I'm going to give you a scripture for action. Amen? Here's a scripture for your mind. It's not going to be on the screen. Romans 8 and 6 says this. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want some new stuff, you got to embrace a new beginning. And it's not just going to happen just because you took a step and you transitioned, but you have to seek to be transformed. If you notice, there's an extreme contrast right here in this scripture. One leads to death, one leads to life. But first, Peter gives us the action that we actually need to take. Now, I know this is not a rah-rah sermon because it's not a sermon. It's actually a teaching. And I want you to listen to this. This word says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. There's another version that says, remain sober. That means that it's saying, stand fast in your spirit. Be steadfast. Be self-disciplined. It's saying to you spiritually and morally, be spiritually and morally alert. It says, put all your hope in the gracious salvation. This is talking about of God. That will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. It says, you didn't know any better then. But now... You must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy. That means set apart. Because I am holy. See, we serve a God of a breakthrough. But sometimes because of all, all the old stuff stacked up against the wall, you can't break it even if you have a sledgehammer. Because there's so much stuff that you got to move. But if you want some new stuff in your life, don't just look at what's on the shelf. Because some of the things that God has planned for your life, it's going to spring up, which means it's unseen. See, it's easy for me, I'll talk about me, or it was easy for me to, to press into worship. Come to church, press into worship, be prayed for, believe that. Just to get beat down when I get home because what I learned that day was just a step. 
So we're, we're preaching every week and, and we're, we're sharing these words and, and we're ministering. But in order for it to actually take control of your life, there has to be a mind change. See, when you could commit, see, you might commit to having a beach body. But will you commit to having a Christ body? I mean, will you body up? Some people, they like, wait a minute. I'm trying to help you get it. Because if we're serving, think about it. I talked about the desert. But, I, but then I said, but thanks be to God who makes pathways in the desert. See, you might be one of those that you're struggling in this, in this, in this spot where I, I don't know, I'm doubting. I, I, I want to believe. I'm striving to walk in it. I, I'm in this enslavement, but I am desiring freedom. I dare you as the prayer team comes to take a step and commit to being transformed. Like how I started, you shouldn't want, you shouldn't even want to leave this place today and go back to the same arguments, to the same stuff. When I was growing up, my mom used to change the living room furniture around. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, okay. But when I think about it right now, we didn't have new stuff. But she was trying to give a new environment. She was trying to process things differently. So maybe you need to go home, men don't hate me, and move some furniture. <laughs> move some furniture in your mind. Move some furniture in your heart. Because God wants to do something new. You all are magnify the Lord in this place. And if you don't want it, I want it because I want some new stuff. I don't want the same way of thinking. I've had a new beginning in Christ. But I know, I know this is not the last level that he's called me to. I'm standing right here preaching right now. But wait, there's more. It must be more. Even in the word it says that. But I want something more. If you want something more, lift your hands in this place. Lord, we just pray and we magnify your holy name. And Lord, we are crying out spiritually right now for those who need you, for those who have had you but need you more, for those of you who desire to go to the next level that you've called them to, for those who are not only made new but they want some new stuff. God, we pray right now, if we have people in this room that wants to accept Christ, people that are online, place it in the chat right now. Let us know what, how we can pray for you, how can we can embrace you. And we believe by faith that the victory is already won, that he's already doing it. He said, I'm doing something new. I've already begun. Can you not see it? And Lord, we just thank you. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise.
In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah and amen. Put your hands together. So if you want some new stuff, press into Jesus Christ right now. The prayer team is here to pray with you. We're here to embrace you. We're here to walk with you. I'm talking to teens, children, young adults, adults. Press in right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, worship. We're going to sing a song.